Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Hello, welcome back to episode 22 of the Midwest Farm Wives podcast, the one where we are not the farm. What's up? Hey, how are you? Oh, you know, living, living that social distancing life. That dream. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> the dream. I mean, it's not like if we weren't forced to do it and there was just downtime in my life, it would be like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Like, but I'd fill it with things. So I'm kind of glad to step back and I mean, I'm missing my family. That's probably like my mom, she has asthma. So we haven't seen, we, got, we did get to go see her and drop food off to her. Um, she's being super cautious. And so like my mom is one person and my grandmother. Yeah. I haven't seen my grandparents in a really long time. I haven't seen my parents while we drove through my dad's work when we were going to get a vehicle the other day and kind of said hi, but yeah, I miss my family and I miss being able to go see my friends and not feel like I'm being judged. Well, and I don't live with them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause I do see people that are like still, um, like younger people who are still like on the weekends going and like having, you know, a bunch of people and they're drinking, which uh, totally me, I'm drinking by myself at home. So no judgment on the drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like electronically drinking with my friends, right? Like sending pictures and stuff. But I do, I, I do wonder if that's, I mean, that's what we're not supposed to do. Right. Right. That's what stay at home doesn't mean. Not like big groups, but if it's your immediate family who you see all the time anyways, like my in-laws, we see them every single day because we have to still farm. Right. That's how we are. And I feel like we're kind of being judged, but it's whatever with my Bart's brother and his Mm -hmm. wife and their kids. Like we're, there's no not being around each other. That's just, I don't know. That's not. And so like today they're at my house doing their homework and stuff and we're fine. Like I just think that's playing outside they're not, they're like three feet apart, whatever, but we're washing our hands and doing everything you're supposed to. You're not three to six feet apart from your immediate family. So if these are people that you're going to work with and like, like, like you just know that if one of them gets sick, that includes all of you and vice versa. So if that, if that is the aware, you know, like normal and they're not doing anything outside of their circle that they need to, and you're not either, then that just becomes your close family. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, we just as well live with one another because that's how life is. You know, it would be interesting in the Larson household for with all that entire family together. Count me in. I'll come over and be close family with you guys. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend. She's like, um, so when this stay-at-home order goes into effect, can I change my address to yours and we'll just live in your shop? Was it Jen? Like, <laughs> no, it was Audrey, but I'm surprised Jen didn't ask that. Oh, should we, should we do a review quick before we start? Sounds good to me. Okay. This is from H Hogan. Perfect for farm wives and moms. I love listening to this podcast because it's so relatable as a farm wife and a mom. These ladies pick great topics and are fun to listen to. Keep up the good work. Love it. Thank you. And actually we've kind of struggled to get to record with, well, changing of life like me having to become a homeschool mom like we should have so much time right 
This should not be an issue. We should have more time than we, but life hasn't really changed a whole lot. It has as far as like evening, doing stuff in the evenings and like going and doing as we please. But as far as work, um, we're we're one of those essentials because our life really keeps going. Yeah. And nothing like we are on a level like, I don't want to say we're below healthcare workers. They're just getting like the brunt of the force. Like they are the number one people we should be saying, like, pat your back. Mm-hmm. Like, let me help you in any way. We're doing like the behind the scenes work just to keep everything flowing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, okay, two years ago or we're, we're when we're in like the heat of stuff, like harvest, it's like, we're the people and that, you know what I mean? Like we switch roles, but like now we really depend on them. And so they're at the top. Yeah. It's going to be a shift in paradigm, I think, um, in like the need and the want to be a nurse, a doctor, a physical therapist, a respiratory therapist, a, you know, somebody who reads radiologists, any of that. And it's, there's, it's all just going to shift a little bit. Being a teacher, I think teachers will get more respect after having this oh, whole. my Lord. You're <laughs> not even, you're preaching to the choir. I was just thinking today. So today I made we like started getting our packets from school. So I had to run a town for that. So I made a whole trip of town. Like I had to go to the auto parts. Mm-hmm. I had to go to our grocery store and the dollar general because there's like two different things. And Same. I just told the owner when I was in the grocery store, because the produce was really good that day. And sometimes it's not, but I think they've been trying harder since dollar general opened. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for you guys being here because, uh, like, I don't know what we would do if we had to travel to get our food and he's like, even if, you know, we, even if we have to go to delivering curbside, we're going to do it. We're going to be here. And I'm like, God bless you. Thank you. Ours is too. Ours is doing it. And our local grocery store, I did the same thing. Must be in the air. I did grocery store first. Then I hit a dollar general. I needed like three things that I couldn't get at the grocery store. Isn't and honestly, I enjoyed myself for the 10 minutes that I was in dollar general. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. I know. And I even told the cashier there, I'm like, you know, I wasn't sure how this was going to work with the grocery store, but I said, I truly Goodland is like the next closest town. And I said, I haven't been to Goodland in so long because of all this. Like I've been able to survive from our little town, which is amazing. And it makes you so grateful to have all those essential pieces in your rural area. Like it makes you want to patron them more often, even if they're just a touch more expensive, because like if you didn't have that, we're the same way. I'd have to go to Bowling Green or Mexico and those go from, you know, 3000 people. Bowling Green's like five plus people from Troy that are coming up. Uh, Mexico's got 10,000 people. And I don't like, those are more than people I want to be around right now. Right. I agree. Yeah. You, it's truly opening your eyes to what you should be, what you should always be grateful for, but you sometimes take for granted. Yep. I'm excited for, um, just, I'm hopeful for the future. It is so doom and gloom. And we have to also, we could preach on this all day, right? The media is only going to tell you the bad until the good is really good. And then they're still going to talk about the bad. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Um, what's happening in New York, New York right now, mind you, I have not watched a lot of media, but I know it's bad. Um, so if you're living in a rural area, be thankful you're living in a rural area and be thankful that there are people there that will work in your grocery store, that there are healthcare workers, even just in your town to test you if you get sick. Um, There's so many things that we can just sit back and say like, okay, well, it could be this bad. I'm thankful for what I have then. 
and things could be worse per usual. Like I've, I've always been thankful for living in the country and not having, well, our hired man lives in our house beside us. So we have them, but I've always been like thankful for it, but I never realized how thankful until I can like send my kids outside to play on our, however many acres. And I don't have to worry that they're going to touch some park equipment that somebody else has touched or anything like that. Yep. Yep. All of it. Um, we had a discussion on one of our, my friends on Facebook and I, I very rarely comment on anything because you just never know. And like, we're, we run a farm business in town. We don't want to have anybody, you know, we don't want to make cross ties with anyone. Right. So I just commented because Missouri governor has been um, fairly relaxed as far as uh, doing a full shutdown. There's a lot of counties in Missouri that are now on shelter in place, especially your bigger towns. And, um, so anyways, I made a comment about that and very just like not trying to argue, like, let's just get a point of view out there. Would Missourians listen more if the governor said so, or would they just continue to do as they're doing now? So we had that conversation back and forth and it was really, um, was it an it was open conversation? Okay. I was going to say, was it, it, it like, was good. Like I, the way I came like at that, like not at them by any means, but the way I phrased my question was like, Hey, I'm not, let me, let me explain myself before like this is taken in a wrong way. And it ended up being like a super constructive conversation. And the, the nitty gritty of it was that some people had been, um, our daycares are still open, which God bless them. Another essential thing. I'm kind of mind blown by that though. Well, there's parents who are working at home and they're still sending their kids to daycare. And I think that's part, that was kind of part of their frustration is like, they think if the school is shut down, maybe they should also be shut down. Um, in the same breath, we have a prison that will not close. We have um, two prisons, actually, two prisons in within a 15 mile radius of here that people work at. We have tons of farms that won't shut down. We have food service that won't shut down. We have a grocery store and a Dollar General. And, and I'm guessing maybe they're staying open for those kids. Right. But they're also getting kids whose parents are home, maybe. And I think that was maybe the frustrating part was that, like, okay, well, you're home. I pulled our kids out just because. Because I mean, yeah, there's, I don't need to go have them be around other germs. Well, when you don't have to I'm justify fine. it. Yeah. And so I hired my niece to come on Wednesdays, which again, we've already been around her. So, right. That's perfect. So, okay. What else? Let's get off this. Let's talk about something way more productive than, um, life in the last week. Although Anything it's else? so relevant. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, you mean like recap or what? Yeah. Anything else that you guys have done other than, I mean, I've talked to you basically every day. So yeah, we're super busy spraying already. So I love your drone videos. Thanks. It's really fun. Bart kind of, he's like, really, you're the creeper with the drone again. I said, I have to practice or else I'm never going to get like good with it. And he's easy to practice on because it's like back and forth and big, yeah, yeah, big, big lines back and forth. And so it's easy to practice on. But yeah, he's uber busy spraying. Um, we're just, I mean, that's kind of it. Spraying and fertilizing, so. Which is a lot. That's yeah. Yeah, I, I make told, it sound small, but it's like huge. I was chatting the other day and I said, I'm kind of glad that it's almost planting season. Like Whitney and I, we haven't struggled for topics by any means, but like we've kind of worn out that winter <laughs> positivity train. And so it'll be nice to have, although it's good for us because we've needed to talk about it. No. Yeah, absolutely. But like, it's so nice that we're entering another new season. Like 
let's talk about planting and spraying and the good and the bad and the nitty gritty that comes with that. And it gives us something else to focus on. It gives us something else to put our energy into, which is so important right now. And the weather is nice, which are starting to try to get nice. And that makes life so much better. We spend time outdoors and it's amazing. Oh my gosh. And like just having my kids be tired at bedtime again, because you know, in the winter, it's like, yeah. Oh, or like having dirty bath water. Those are my favorite things. Yeah. We spent the last couple of days outside and it is awesome. Like the kids are begging to go out to this rock pile. Okay. Well, absolutely. When we're done with this, we're going out to the rock pile. Jordan, you can never get rid of the rock pile. Okay. Don't ever spread the gravel in our driveway. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but now I've lost my train of thought. Um, anyways, yeah, things are good. Things are staying good over here. We are continuing to uh, work, obviously, cautiously. Um, we're not trying to make any extra trips anywhere. That's not changed anything. The kids and I, I got groceries enough for two weeks. So mark my words, this is Tuesday. I'm not going for two weeks. Me too. And let's also challenge each other that when we do start to run low, let's have like a pantry challenge. Make stuff out of the things that are in your house. Okay. Maybe you and I, let's come up with that in the next like few days. We'll do that. Like we'll collaborate and we'll do something with the farm wives, you and I, and we'll put this like a chart together or something fun. And then at the end we can reward ourselves with like a grocery trip, (laughs) a real one or something we can go do things. Yeah. I do like to go to the grocery store right now. I, I'd like, Oh, I'm, I'm that person strolling around the grocery store. I haven't been for a week and I usually go twice a week and I bought enough stuff this time. Like I realized what I didn't buy last time. Right. I got all the things. Um, so there's going to be a lot of good that comes from this coronavirus thing. We know that family time, less pollution, all the things. Um, God. So, God. Yeah. Right. Um, so maybe we'll talk about that another time, all the good stuff that's coming from it. So just try to be positive and continue to keep your head up, continue to fail forward. (laughs) So my friend, Kate Lambert, you guys may know her better as Uptown Farms on Facebook. She has about 17,000 followers on Facebook, which I'm like, that is so cool. Like I know her. (laughs) And then, um, she has a, a following on Instagram too, but she runs a blog And she last time in the summer, she lives in like central Missouri and they had really, really bad, devastating flooding last year in their area. And she wrote an article or a little blog post that was called, Hey farmer, you're not the farm. And it is a like reach into your soul and make you cry kind of a blog post. And I will totally put the link in our, um, in our episode notes, because it is like, I read it, we were on our way to our women and ag thing. And I read it and to my sister-in-law, to a friend and to maybe my mother-in-law, I don't remember. And like three of us were in tears. So it's good. It is. And so the gist of it is that there are very, cha- at that point in time, when she was writing, she, it's, it's an article from her to her husband who was overwhelmed, who was trying to figure out how to get caught up, how to plant corn and beans in a field that was underwater, things like that. It was just really devastating. Yeah. Challenging times in agriculture. And it was talking about that to her husband. And it literally as a farm wife was like, Oh yes. Okay. Jordan, I have to read this to you. And then I like read it and was almost in tears. 
And it's still true. Even though men try to be really strong, I don't know that a man could listen to that and not think to himself like, wow, that is me. That's me. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Uh, It was also on her view from home. They kind of do like guest like articles, which I thought was really neat. It got a ton of traction and it should have. Can you guys hear that? Oh my gosh. Reese just yelled, I said no, which totally is me talking through her. Tiny Kylie. You have to understand we're moms and just trying to make this work. So I said no. Before the screaming of Reese, Bodie got hit in the head with a brick. So we had to pause for that too. Ugh, winning. We're winning as parents. <laughs> so I think 2019 for sure. I mean, you guys were kind of in a drought. We were kind of in a flooded area. We were lucky. You know, it was really, really wet spring. We got everything in late and then we got perfectly timed rains and harvested a really better than average crop. But Western Missouri, anywhere North, anywhere East had such a hard year. I think over in Virginia, they had drought too. I don't know. But then there was like people in the Dakotas that didn't even get their, there's still corn in the field. I know blizzards started early and just, it was a super challenging time. And it, it, the whole article is just thought of as like, you're not just the farm, like just because this is what we do. And we identify with farming so deeply within our souls. It doesn't um, define you It in the yeah. end. It does not. I know that like, that's their life, their blood, sweat, tears, their, like, that's what their soul and heart is invested in, but it does not define who you are as a man. It doesn't show who you are as a father, as a husband, as a friend. You know what I mean? It's, I know it's a big part of their lives, but they're more to us than the farm. Yeah. And you sit there and you think, well, what else is there? And there's so much more and we don't have the answer for every single individual, but like it is not, um, I can understand that when you're that generation, let's just say you're a generational farmer and you're like the fourth generation, third generation, your, your family has worked so hard for you and to have all of these un, um, controllable. Well, yeah, uncontrollable. Thank you. Occurrences that are happening in your life that you cannot manage and that are weighing on your mental ability, mental stress, your financial stress. Um, that can be overwhelming. Like I can totally understand that. And as a farm wife, and I know you feel the same way, it's really hard to watch your husband or your significant other, not necessarily drowned in it, but Mm-hmm. you can tell it's heavy on their mind or heavy on their heart. It's super hard to watch and it's hard to know what to do or to know what to say. Mm-hmm. And you want to fix it as a mom, like the maternal gene, but you can't. Yeah. As a, as a female, as a yeah, wife. Female, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know, I guess, why do you think farmers do actually like identify so greatly with the farm? Do you have any like, well, I would say it's because it's more than a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's our like 100% our life. I would agree. So I totally get it. You know what her blog was about. I get it because we live it. Mm-hmm. There's always that time of the year when you're wanting to do something or you're wanting to fix something. And there's just so many uncontrollable nature events or market events that are working against you. Yep. Um, so we don't have, I kind of want to, we're going to talk to 
to Kate here at the end of the podcast. And so I kind of want to let her explain all of the ins and outs of why she wrote it. And she'll get to talk to us about what was actually happening at that time on their farm. And then also, I think it absolutely correlates with what's going on right now. Um, In a different way, but same. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all, different, but the same. Like corn prices are in the tanker. Um, ethanol plants are shutting down right now because of the economy, and that's no one's fault. Right, and so no that's a big deal around here because so a lot of cattle yards and feedlots feed distillers, which is a byproduct of ethanol. Well, Bart's, yeah. yeah. So Bart's dad got a call that he is limited now. Like he can only. I think that his brother said, like, normally you get 100% of your DDG. He's only allotted to get, like, 60% of his normal amounts, which is, that's a big deal. Are they just spreading it then? Like, okay, I have all these people, and, like, you can't get 100%, but I'm going to give you 60, and I'm going to give your 40 to someone else who got 100 that they can only have 40 or... Right, I think so. And so I'm on the Kansas Corn Growers, oh my gosh, Kansas Corn Growers member, And they said that their number one goal for Kansas um, legislation this year is to get ethanol plants running more and like taking in more corn since the commodities suck. So stay tuned for that. I hope they get it. That's an interesting thing. I know one in Missouri, I think has shut down and Kate that we're going to talk to, she's got so many like interesting facets about her life. She's on the soybean association for Missouri, but she's also very highly involved with the national corn or the Missouri corn growers, excuse me. And she was saying that one of the local ethanol plants has already like said, we can only make it for this much. We can only sell it for this much. And that doesn't like, that makes red real quick on the financials. Right. We have two around us that run pretty heavily in, um, I would say everybody is crossing their fingers right now that they stay open. Oh my gosh. I know. I just, you know, there's nothing we can control of it, but I really hope something turns around for everyone's sakes. I think that, it will take time. I think that it will all work out when in the end we'll say, okay, we're better people because of all of this, but it doesn't make it any easier to sit and wait. Right. It's just another challenge that we have to become resilient to. Yep. So my mom works for USDA in like a different area, not um, necessarily ag related, but she got this awesome book called Growing Stress on the Farm, the Expanding Economic and Mental Health Disparities in Rural Missouri. And I actually think someone just gave this to her because she knew that they knew that we farmed. And this is the most phenomenal book put out by five Missouri groups, Missouri Farm Bureau, University, Missouri Hospital Association, the Department of Mental Health, and then the Behavioral Health Care of Missouri. And I opened it and I'm just reading through the statistics of like, the, ri- the rise in rural suicide attempts and um, like unique occurrences versus uh, re- repeat occurrences as far as emergency room visits go. And the rule is from 2003 to 2017, I don't have it in front of me, like the statistic, but it was like we were at 12% and now it's at 20 in 2017. That's an 8% increase. Right. So more of the farmer or not the farm is what's causing that. Right. And the commodities are sucky and the, I mean, it is a cycle, like it's an ag cycle and ag cycles are big and they're long and sometimes they're really long and good. And sometimes they're really long and bad. Right. And I think we've, we've had so many okay years is what I'm going to call it. I'm not going to call them good. Not like $2,008 corn good, but 
we're probably going to hit a recession soon and we're just all going to have to, yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't want to say it, like be the one that (laughs) said it first, but that's really what we're starting to experience. So we really need to practice our number one word as farmers, which is resilience. I do think ag will turn around. Usually it's kind of like a teeter-totter and ag's kind of been in a recession realistically for the last couple of years as far as, you know, inputs were really high commodities were really low. Right. So it's been okay. Quotations as, as yeah. I said it. <laughs> quotations, yeah. You don't want to call it terrible because we've stuck through it, but. So this book, I think I need to figure out how to get my hands on it besides a gift from my mother that it's got one person that I recognized very quickly as I opened up the cover, Jason Meadows. He is the founder of the podcast Ag State of Mind, and it discusses a lot about mental health on the farm and anywhere from a livestock farmer to grow crops. And he has some really great guests. I happen to be one of them, (laughs) but he has some really good people on there that like, I highly recommend going and listening to that podcast, but it is completely dedicated toward mental health. And so he's in here talking about working as a pharmacist and coming back to the farm and the cattle prices completely just hit the crapper and how much it weighed on him. And he knew he needed to ask for help. And it talks a lot about how helpful resources aren't just readily available for us as farmers, especially, you know, when we did that thing for K state, they just said that in rural America, like that's just a harsh reality is we do not have mental health resources available. Like I think the closest one to here was like two hours away. Well, and you're really out in BFE. Right. And they were saying that they're trying to get more like rural hospitals to to hone in on this kind of stuff so that it makes it easier. Yeah. We actually, Audrain County has, they did a per capita and it's um, okay. Audrain County has a couple in Mexico and one um, in our area. But like they said too, they said, everybody knows your pickup truck. And everybody knows what that building does. And when you go park in front of it and you go in, there's a stigma behind that. And so even if you wanted to open up, do you Especially have to, for men. is your pride too much to actually oh. go? There's so many like step stones of the mental health thing. And I'm so blessed to not currently have to really um, deal with that as we stand today. And I don't think you do either. Right. Um, but I know there's a ton of people out there struggling. And so this was a great resource, this book. Um, I think you can probably look it up, Growing Stress on the Farm, February 2020 edition. But I need to figure out how we can, everybody can get a book like this. I agree. That should be in the hands of every farmer. <clears throat> and this is Missouri, so go Missouri. But I'm sure Kansas probably has something like it, Iowa, Illinois, all the you know rural farm-driven states. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Should we head over to Kate? Yeah, I feel like that was a hodgepodge of intro into Kate's um, section, but I think she's going to be able to give us all kinds of insight on ethanol production and why she wrote her article back last year and how it really still applies today. So we will send it on over to Kate. Okay. Okay. I am here with Kate Lambert. Kate, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So a little background, Kate and I know each other. We're both from Missouri. We have a little bit of background. Um, We're basically friends. So (laughs) I know a lot about Kate, but our listeners don't. 
So Kate, will you tell me about yourself, maybe your background, what you do for a living, your family, all, all the fun stuff? Yeah, you bet, Kylie. So I grew up in Northern Illinois, about 60 miles west of Chicago. And I feel like I always throw that out um, when I'm speaking with ag audiences, because it, it feels like this thing that you have to get off your chest right away and like be open about that, hey, I didn't grow up on a farm. I married into this lifestyle, um, but grew up uh, in, in Northern Illinois, uh, met my husband, um, and then moved down here to his family farm. He's a sixth generation farmer in Lynn County, uh, north central part of the state here in Missouri. Live here on our farm now. We've got a row crop operation as well as commercial cattle and sheep, um, and um, got two boys. And then work professionally for FCS Financial as part of their marketing team. I'm the director of education for for that cooperative. And both your, I think your life experience and your professional experience, like help you to be such a good advocate for agriculture. Um, Kate did a live video yesterday or this week. I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but this week um, on advocating what to do, what not to do. And so we'll talk a little bit about that, but tell me how you got your start in blogging. You didn't grow up on a farm, but like just getting into that, you know, how'd you get your feet wet? So even though I didn't grow up on a farm, uh, my dad did. He was on a farm um, as, a, as a young child until grandpa uh, moved off the farm and, and got a job in town. So dad thought it was important that my brother and I have at least a little understanding of agriculture and encouraged us to be an FFA. And through that, that really kind of opened up um, my interest there, which uh, long story short led to me meeting my husband. And when I moved on to um, the real modern working farm, I really recognized the gap in what I thought I had known about agriculture what I had been told about agriculture and what was actually the truth and what was really happening on modern farms. So when I first started sharing information, it was really just on my, to my inner circle. It was honestly, it was sharing information to my mom and my dad and my grandma back home. And at that time, social media was kind of the way to do that. Um, so as I was sharing the information that I was learning, I had a couple friends uh, who reached out one in particular, Lori Ling, who um, runs a blog herself, um, uh, country linked. Um, she reached out and said, Hey, you should really consider putting some of this stuff on a blog. It's a little bit, um, more searchable and, and got some more longevity than what social media does. So I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, and then I, and then I started. Um, and so I started blogging and the blogging opportunities, um, led to some speaking opportunities, speaking opportunities and workshops is where I really find my uh, passion um, more so than than social media and um, blogging, like those areas when I have time. But uh, speaking and engaging with consumers and other farmers and other women specifically who are looking to develop that voice is is where I really get my drive. Yeah, and you do a great job. Like I'm, yeah. You guys need to check out Uptown Farms on Facebook, which we'll talk about where we can find you. But some of the articles have been so impactful to someone like myself, who's just a farm wife. So let's talk about one very impactful article that was called, Hey Farmer, You're Not the Farm. You wrote it last summer. What's the story behind that? Yeah. Um, so that piece really came together over a, probably a couple of, of different events. But the one that I share with people a lot is um, waking up in the middle of the night and rolling over to find that my husband wasn't there. Um, of course, this was at a time that uh, a lot of folks in agriculture will remember that it was a pretty stressful 
Um, it's a pretty stressful time um, with it being really wet outside and being delayed and everything. We were super far behind um, and he just, he couldn't sleep. And so I went out to the kitchen to find him um, and he was um, just spread out with sheets um, everywhere, just trying to go through the numbers and trying to figure out a way that we were going to um, be able to get through this, um, through the particular challenges we were facing at the time. And that, um, that particular moment is what led to me, to me writing that piece. Yeah. I remember reading it and it was like, ugh. cause last year in Missouri, we were in an interesting, and I'm sure Iowa, Illinois, your Northern Midwestern States all had all the flooding in the world. And spring was so hard, like fall to spring, 18 to 19 was so hard. This article that you wrote or this blog, I don't know if it's article, but you it absolutely also relates to today's struggles. I mean, we're yeah. still saturated as far as like, I'm sure, you know, calving people who are calving right now, it's a nightmare around here. It's so wet. Um, we're just on the verge of getting in the field planting around here. I mean, it's just drying up and it's supposed to rain tomorrow. So they relate to today's problems too. And even with like the COVID-19 stuff. Yeah. So I think that, and I, for me, it's always hindsight. It's 2020, right? People say, well, how'd you write something that was so impactful? And I, and, and, you know, you, you live in this world too. Like you never go, you never go into a piece or I don't ever go into a piece with the um, foresight that says, oh, this is going to be huge. This is going to mm -hmm. go viral. But when you look back at a piece and start to say, you know, what worked about this one, what connected, I think it's that, that there's some, um, there's some pieces to it that can relate to about any year for farming, at least farming in Missouri, it feels like, uh, and certainly can relate to the situation that we're going on right now. Um, and then in addition to that, I think it's something that many wives, whether you're a farm wife or not, that you can relate to this idea of not being able to help your husband through something, not being able to take something off of his plate um, and even as moms, we feel that all the time too, right? We want to, we want to be able to fix things for our kids and take away whatever the problem is. Yeah. And gosh darn, in the world of farming, there's just so much that we can't control. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just really in that moment of vulnerability and, and just completely opening up and talking about how much it, it hurts to not be able to help them through that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, what was so relatable to people. Yeah. And we talk in the podcast on this episode about how we relate so strongly with the farm. Like it's, it is almost who we are to a certain extent. Like it's not all that you are, but it is very much a big part of, you know, big puzzle piece of our identity. And so when you struggle on your farm and you live that and you breathe that and it runs through your mind, it's, it's all managed under your control other than nat nature and markets. Um, it does become a big struggle when things are hard mentally. I think there's a, a people who grew up in the, in this world don't necessarily recognize it for what it is because they, they don't know any different. Yep. But when you, from the time you're tiny, uh, my eight year old identifies himself as a farmer. Mm -hmm. So from the time you're tiny, I know all the way up until you're grown and there's no, there's no separation of work and life, right? There's no office that you go to and, and come home from and shut down the farm life for the yeah. day. It, you don't, it, you it don't turn it off at five o'clock. Exactly. It's, yeah. And it is exactly, it's how you identify. 
it's how our families identify, right? So mm -hmm. we, we talk all the time about being farm families and there's not a whole lot of other occupations. There are some, there's not a whole lot of other occupations out there that define not only the individual that um, engages in that activity daily, but the entire family um, by, that, by that occupation. And oftentimes as farmers, their success is defined in terms of, of their yield or the price that they sold calves for or the profitability on the farm or how many acres or how many head. And so it's all of these um, numbers that define whether they feel like they are um, a valuable contributing human being or not. Yeah, we always talk about what defines success as a farmer. And I think to each individual person, it's different. You know, are you a successful farmer because you're profitable, because your margins? I mean, what, it, what does that look like for you? Because you enjoy doing it. You like what you, what is it? And, and everybody's answer is different. So let's get off that sad, like we love farming, but it's hard sometimes kick. You are, you really are a great advocate. So what are your top three tips for listeners wanting to advocate and tell their story? Cause I think it's intimidating for a lot of people who haven't just jumped right in and started yeah. What would be your tips for them to just do it on social media or in their communities. So the first thing that I always tell folks um, is that we've got to, we've got to listen first and as an industry, we're not, um, we're not always very good about listening outside of the industry to truly understand. Uh, it's frustrating when we hear misinformation and it's really easy just to write off that misinformation and the people who are making decisions based on that misinformation. But instead of just writing those people off, if you really want to be a good advocate for the industry, uh, we've got to listen to them and we've got to understand where they're coming from before we can respond what the situation is. So I think that's first and foremost. Um, another tip that I like to, to leave with people is um, use stories that happen. I see people that are struggling. They have a point that they really want to make um, and they try to find pieces to pull that together. They go out and they do a bunch of research with factual data. Mm -hmm. And instead, I would argue, just let it come. Let, let the stories that happen. If you're living on a farm, those stories are happening all the time. And so as those stories happen, capture them, and then figure out when you're telling that story, what else can you highlight about the industry? What can you share about your farm or the industry as a whole mm -hmm. through the telling of that story? And then finally, not to get back on this, um, you know, mental health, personal wellness thing, but I, I've got to share this because this is something that is really important for my own um, mental well-being. I have got what I call my not today list and my not today list, uh, and I keep it in my planner. Um, and it changes sometimes, and sometimes it's, there's some things that are always on it, but my not today list are things that are not allowed to cause me any stress or anxiety. They are, I have ruled them out for being allowed to keep me up at night and worrying that I haven't mm -hmm. accomplished something in that area. And blogging and writing and social media and advocating are on that not today list. Because although we need every voice, we don't need every voice every day. We don't even need every voice every week or every month. Mm -hmm. And so if you have got things that are going on in your life, and if you haven't written in a week or two weeks or two months, I would argue that you are not allowed to, to make stress for yourself about that. And that's my rule. Um, because I found myself, uh, after a while of doing it, I found myself feeling like I had to, and I had to get on and say something. I had to write something. 
And not only that I just had to do something, but it had to be great, right? And eventually I thought, you know what, it's just taking the fun out of this. And this is not why I started to do this. And um, with this attitude of going in and feeling like I have to do something, whatever I put out there is not going to be very good anyways. And so this is getting moved over to my not today list and it is not allowed to cause me stress and anxiety. Um, it is not allowed to get added to my to-do list for something that I've got to worry about. And I think that's a good tip for a lot of us. Yeah. I'm, I'm listening. Like that's a good tip for me because often I will be overwhelmed with, um, just, just, you know, do I need to, what time do I need to post? I need to post something every day. It needs to be so good when I post it and I, I am hard on myself. So that's a really good tip. I like that a lot. Last but not least, tell us where we can find you on all your social media, blogging, all the things. Where can we find you? Yeah, we're Uptown Farms. Um, uh, the blog is uptowngirlblog.com, Uptown Farms on Facebook, and Uptown Farms on Instagram and Twitter. Well, Kay, I really, really appreciate you being here and sharing all of your knowledge with us today. Thank you. Yes, thank you, and thank you guys for what you're doing. Wow. That was so good. Thanks, Kate. We appreciate having you on here today. Whit, yes, you thank, wanna... thank you so much for being with us. And as uh, usual, we're going to end it with a quote. Okay. Sometimes when you're in a dark place, you tend to think you've been buried. What if you've actually been planted? Time to bloom. I have this children's book that I will share. It's Lisa Turkus, or I'm not really sure how to say her last name, but I'll share it. And it is about a seed being scared and the farmer is the, is God and he lets him live in his cozy home. And then one day he takes him out and plants him and he's missing his friend, the fox. And for the longest time, the fox almost gives up hope and the seed almost gives up hope. And then one spring day he sprouts out and becomes this big, beautiful tree that, that then shades the fox and they still have this relationship. Oh. It's just different. It's like the, I got it for when we had Rhett when he was a little bitty baby and you could, I wish you could have seen me as I was reading it, like sobbing <laughs> with I your mean, hormones and just loving life. <laughs> can't even catch my breath crying. <laughs> like it's so good. So I'll share that because I think every, it's a great baby gift. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, let's get off your pre-plant 2020 too. <laughs> yeah. We are going to plant those seeds and watch them grow. Yes. Well, thanks for listening guys. Have a good one. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at the grateful farmwife. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest Farmwives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in every day. Stay grateful, friends.